The idea for this episode was prompted by my sister. She mentioned to me that she was putting a few things together that remembered Phil. I don't know the context or anything. Maybe some. Maybe she was writing something. Yeah. Um. So, so you know, I make a podcast. So I th- that gave me the idea. All right. To that, I'll add this. Here it comes. That was a bit of footage, although you can't see it, only I can, of German troops marching through the streets, 1939. I googled German marching tunes, and that's the first thing that came up. And this is all by way of introduction to a veil, as I call it, or as I call them, for... Phil, yeah, my great uncle Phil, uh, Phil Clough. Uh, now, imagine that tune there being played on piano uh, by my great grandmother back in about the nineteen seventies, maybe the late sixties, but I think maybe nineteen seventy-one or seventy-two, uh, and um, Phil. My great uncle goose stepping around the lounge room. Now I'll explain all this in a minute, uh, but just for now, I'll just mention uh, that for the best of all possible reasons, Phil loved Hitler. You know, Hitler was a complete celebrity, as I understand it, for a while there before he became an. You know, an evil bastard, yeah. But early on, he was a very attractive figure. Uh, and it's all very well for Churchill now yeah, to, um, well, <laughs> if Churchill was alive still, um, to uh, have been right, you know, and Chamberlain to have been wrong. But there's no way that you could, you know, be sure that you were backing the right horse in 1930, whenever, eight, seven, yeah. when did Chamberlain come back to England and declare peace in our times? I don't know when that was, but it was just before war broke out. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's all very well 
to be wise in hindsight, but I may have been a Chamberlain supporter uh, in, in, in that era, for all I know. I may have even quite liked Hitler for one or two reasons, if I was alive back then. There's no, there's no telling, you know, that I wouldn't have. It's very chauvinist of people to say, yeah, I would definitely have been in the Churchill sort of camp and not the Chamberlain camp. Um, I think there was a poll um, at around that time carried out in the US as to, you know, who, who are you more on the appeasement side of things or on the war side of things, you know, he must be stopped. And I think it was 90-something percent of Americans, at least, um, who thought more like Chamberlain um, than Churchill. Churchill was a warmonger at the time, and everyone had just come out of World War I, and they had... They knew what that felt like. And a lot of people, quite wisely, I think, wanted to do all they could to avoid dropping the world back into that. You know, but Churchill, you know, quite correctly in the end, he made a judgment that, well, no, this bloke's dangerous. You know? But Churchill could have ended up wrong and we'd be hating him now. He did turn out right, but there was no guarantee of that. We're always wise in hindsight. Uh, But taking that a step further on, my great-uncle Phil was an absolutely lovely guy. Um, And, um, well, he loved Hitler in the same way that a lot of people in my era, you know, that I've had... um, a lot of acquaintance with uh, people with Down syndrome because Phil had Down syndrome, you see. And I've worked with people with disabilities all my life, one way or another, um, hands on when I was very young, you know, more in the office in the last 30 years. But, uh, but I've known, I think, hundreds of people with Down syndrome and a lot of them very, very well, you know. And uh, in this day and age, uh, they usually like ABBA um, or Elvis. ABBA's huge. Yeah. Um, there's something about ABBA uh, wherever you go. All right. And Elvis. Now... Um, but especially ever, and especially Hitler, I bet, amongst people with disabilities, perhaps, uh, the nicest people you would ever meet back in, what, 1937, something like that. Are you going to judge? You know, are you going to say that if you had Down syndrome back in 1937, that you wouldn't have been head over heels for Hitler. I mean, a lot of people who weren't head over heels, sorry, who didn't have a disability, an intellectual disability even, um, a lot of people back then um, uh, 
thought that he had something going on. Um, that's, that's not my phraseology, it just popped out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that Chamberlain did. Look, Chamberlain was trying to avoid war, I think. And look, check for yourself, but I bet, and I don't know the answer to this, but I bet a lot of people in Australia um, would have in 1939, early 1939, would have thought it a bad idea to follow Churchill into another world war with Germany, I bet. And then after the war, they would say, oh, I was Churchill all the way, you know. <laughs> That's what people do, you know, like um, East Germans. Oh, no, sorry, I won't say East Germans. Uh, people from all... The, um, the lands that um, Hitler sort of stormed into uh, relatively unopposed. Austria, Hungary and all those sorts of places. Um, you can get footage of the Nazis marching into those places and the people are lining the streets and loving them. It's not all sound of music. Now, you could say, oh, that's only because they were scared not to love them. Uh, But no. Um, Have a good look at that footage and they're loving them. You know, they're flag-waving, the little children and all that sort of stuff, um, more joyously than... uh, More joyously than we did for Queen Elizabeth back when we were kids when we lined the streets and waved our little Union Jacks, you know. Um, uh, It's amazing how everyone from Austria and Hungary these days and other places around there uh, are descended from people who hated the Nazis who's descended from all the people who were waving the flags, you know. (laughs) In that footage, someone must have. Did they? Did they not have children? <laughs> it wasn't all sound of music. All right, even sound of music made that point, but not strongly enough. Right now, Phil loved Hitler as far as I remember. Now, if you're listening to this and you knew Phil better than I did, because he was my great uncle and I was young when I used to hang around with Phil, so my memory will be faulty. And I will walk back on everything I'm saying here happily if my memory turns out to be wickety-whack. I will. I'll walk back. But I'm going to leave this here because it is a memory, even if it's a faulty one. Uh, And there's ample time later for me to walk back on that and say I was completely wrong. Uh, But it's interesting that I could be. Uh, and that's either a reflection on me or a sign that I was misled when I was a kid by my great-grandmother. <laughs> it's one of the two. Um, but what used to happen is... Well, I, I, I remember one instance in particular. Uh, and, or, you know, it would have been more than once. But, you know, your memory's faulty when you're 56... Remembering events from when you're nine or ten or however old I was, sitting there 
and I think it was in Beau Morris, uh, my great-grandmother's house at that time. I remember, look, I could be wrong, but I, I, I kind of remember a, 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 the house was up, a kind of up, you know, not down. And it was down in that area, I think. And I just remember a, a grassy front lawn and you kind of walked up slightly to the front door and there was a big lounge room. And I could be wrong, but I think the lounge room was to the right. Yeah. Uh, these are tiny little details that may amuse some people, especially if I got them wrong. You know, my uncles and aunties, for example, and my mum, who might listen to this one day. No, I'm not actually... Uh, recording this for the purpose of you know trying to get people to listen to it otherwise I'd do some research you know I'm I'm this is inaccurate deliberately so but a, a memory of something is a version a version of that something even if it's inaccurate right now here's the funny thing my great uh, my great grandmother did make a comment on the day or a day when I was down there and um, it stuck with me, obviously, because I'm speaking it now. My great-grandmother, well, her name was Florence Clough. Um, and she was my father's mother's mother. Uh, and, um, and we were down there to visit her. Uh, and, um, and sometimes we'd be down there to visit her mum too. <laughs> who was Minnie Cox, you know. So I had a few uh, you know, um, ancestors all in a row there at one stage until I was seven, actually. Uh, my great-great-grandmother died when I was seven. I remember her clearly, too. Uh, it's all relevant to Phil Clough, you know. Um, I'll get on to Phil in a second. Uh, now... Uh, my great-great-grandmother, Minnie Cox, she lived in Brunswick, uh, just off Melville Road, and I know exactly where that one was, and I remember sitting on her porch, so, you know, you, you can remember something. I remember staring into her hallway, that's about as much as I can remember, uh, and someone pointing out that you could see Mooney Valley Racecourse from her porch. I remember looking into her hallway and it was long. That's all I remember. And her door was in the middle of the uh, the front porch from memory. And someone told me that she had land that I think extended uh, to where Melville Road is now in the tram. Uh, but that, that they had to get off that land uh, for the tram to go through, but that may or may that's one of those ones that could easily could be untrue because I don't know where I heard it, so I've got no way of knowing whether that's just ridiculous or not. Yeah, some of the the, the first hand memories I've got are slightly stronger than my memories of being told things. You know, that's a whole other level of inaccuracy. Yeah. But yeah, inaccuracy is fun. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, and you can walk back from you know, wrong things later, and you lose nothing. In fact, sometimes you gain things. You know, a bit of fun listening at least. Right, now Phil, he had Down syndrome. Uh, 
nicest guy you could ever meet. And in his time, he didn't, he wasn't into ABBA. He was into Hitler. He was, you know, likewise, a very attractive celebrity figure. And he loved him, as far as I remember. Now, I may be overblowing that, for all I know. You know, I may ring an uncle or an auntie in the next couple of weeks and uh, say, listen, I was thinking of Phil. I was thinking about Phil, and I remember he loved Hitler. And I say, oh, yeah, Charlie. You know, I'll use a fake, a fake name here. Um, yeah, all right, yes, he did, Charlie. Uh, but um, he loved Churchill more. So, you know, don't overblow her. Yeah. At which point I'll say, I already did. <laughs> but I'll walk back now. <laughs> so, um, now, I remember being at my great-grandmother's house with my brothers and sisters and we were sitting in that front uh, lounge room and I think it was in Bo Morris and you know, it, every detail could be wrong we'll, we'll, um, we'll recant later if we have to uh, and look it's a very clear memory that she was playing German marching tunes for uh, Phil, this is my great grandmother, uh, Nana Clough. Yeah, we, and I still, do you know, I still remember her voice. And her voice echoes, even in mine, I think. I can hear a tone that used to be in her voice. She died many years ago, 1980 from memory. Uh, but I can hear a tone an echo of the tone of her voice in the voice of some of my uncles and aunties and even in my own voice which is yeah but I might be uh, I might be forcing that yeah but I'd lay odds it's there but putting all that aside uh, my nana Clough would play well obviously she'd play piano Sort of, obviously, anyway, I suppose. She could have had one of those pianos that um, played itself. You know those ones? With the little reel, with the little aluminium reel in them. And if, now this is a real wild guess, I almost think that her piano did have that. But I could be wrong on that as well. It doesn't matter. Right. But yeah, this day she was playing German marching tunes and Phil, with a huge, a huge grin on his face, much like, you know, a few of my mates who've got Down syndrome, um, would dance around to ABBA, Dancing Queen. Uh, he was goose-stepping around the room, doing Nazi salutes and loving it. All right, so... We've got a long way to go in this episode because I will ring a few people and, I'll, and I will tell them, you know, uncles and aunties and all that sort of thing, and say, hey, and my bum, you know, tell me what you remember about Phil because I want to add some more stuff because my memory's faulty. I'll do all that. You know, but you're getting the fun version at the moment. Right. Uh, so, um, and I don't know how it came about, but she explained it to us children... Um, that she's not going to stop you know, she, uh, doing that for Phil if he loves it. What difference does it make, you know? I can't remember her exact words. 
but I do remember the gist of what she was saying. And what she was saying was, if he loves Hitler and he wants to goose step around this lounge room and it's only him and me here, um, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, and why wouldn't she indeed? Yeah, except we were there that time. <laughs> but it turned out to be a really good sort of uh, little pearl of wisdom that was given to us kids on that day because it shakes up your um, your certainty you know, of what's a right thing to do and what's a wrong thing to do. You know, you kind of start to learn even at age eight or nine and this, you know, this speaks to perhaps the wisdom of my great-grandmother a little bit and the little pearls of wisdom that all your ancestors can hand down to you uh, along the way. And um, it it did get me thinking. I I don't know if I thought it through strongly at the time, but since then I have, often over the decades, because I'm 56 now, I may have even been six then, I doubt it. I reckon I would have been 10 or 11 or 12. My mum might have a better idea. Uh, but, um, you yeah, know, I, I thought about what my great-grandmother said at that time and she said, you know, something along the lines of, you know, it's not hurting anyone. He likes it. I'm going to do it. If he wants to dance around like a... Sorry, goose-step around like a Nazi uh, and, and, and uh, you know, do the Nazi salute the whole bit, you know, then I'm going to give him his fun. Um, now, uh, yeah, obviously, uh, well, at a guess, if we were Jewish, she might have not done that um, after the war, yeah. Um, but she wasn't, so that's that. Okay, Methodist, I think. I think, I think we're a good Methodist family on that on that side. Um, Okay, and even that I'll I'll tweak, you know, that little piece of information. I'll tweak even that if I have to later after talking to a few people. But I'll leave it at that for now. That all comprises an introduction to Phil Clough, who was, by the way, the nicest guy that my eight-year-old self had ever met. He really did. He was ready there for a... Uh, a smile and for some mucking around with us kids every time we went down there. Okay, that's that for now. Introduction done. Walk back number one. Uh, that pole to which I referred, which I referred to. Churchill made a funny joke about that once, you know. Don't use the proper grammar all the time, he said. <laughs> uh, now, um, that memory I had of that poll that was taken of Americans, uh, you know, their opinions on whether, you know, should we appease Hitler or not, I think actually that poll, you know, I was listening to a podcast somewhere along the line, and um, on second thoughts, that poll might have been taken during the war, after war broke out and before Pearl Harbour. Now, these are just little tidbits, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm never in a hurry. Uh, and, and, and that may have been um, a poll on whether 
America should get involved in the war in Europe at all. After it had broken out, it's possible that was the case. And um, if it was, then it was 90% of Americans who, after the war started, indicated that um, America shouldn't get into the war. Um, Which then begs the question, you know, what sort of leader would have put America into the war if 90% of Americans didn't want to go into the war? Certainly an undemocratic one, (laughs) but this is not about uh, Roosevelt or whoever it was. This episode, it's about Phil Clough, someone who's much more important to us than Churchill or Roosevelt or Stalin or Hitler or any of those guys.